Welcome to the Risk and Repeat podcast, episode number 129. I'm Rob Wright, editor of Search Security, and I am here back in Chernobyl with my site editor, Peter Lotion. Peter, welcome. Hi, Rob. Peter, it's a very warm, it's really warm in Chernobyl, but it's a very warm day here. It is November 2nd. Uh, we're recording this on a Friday. Uh, it's been a while since we've been back in here, and it's un, unseasonable, seasonably? Unseasonably warm. There you go. Outside. Yes, that's inside. It's about the same as usual. It's warm in here, though. Yeah, it's always it's warm always in warming. Here. Well, okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, so, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, we are going to discuss uh, an event that I attended this week in Cambridge. And you know, it takes a lot to get me into Cambridge. I have a policy: I don't go north of the Charles. Traffic gets worse. The further north you go from from you know from from downtown Boston, uh, and it's just Cambridge itself is just it, it's a mess of uh, windy roads and you know one way streets and tough routes and I don't like to do that. But uh, MIT had an event this week on Wednesday uh, on Halloween. How about that? Uh, the MIT CSAIL uh, event for uh, uh, event uh, securing the enterprise. CSAIL is the computer. Uh, 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 cybersecurity and artificial intelligence laboratory at MIT, and it was an interesting event because, as the name would suggest, CSAIL. I thought, kind of going into it, uh, it'd probably be a lot of talk about machine learning and artificial intelligence, CSAIL. But it wasn't, Peter. It wasn't. It was about a lot of things, a lot of really basic things. <laughs> strategic things uh, in cybersecurity that I think, um, you know, they've certainly been talked a lot about over the years, but really kind of put into focus from the perspective of the folks at CSAIL, very bright people, and also some uh, different vendor representatives. There was uh, uh, Andy Ellis from uh, Akamai, uh, the uh, uh, chief security officer at Akamai, uh, there was uh, a special agent at the FBI, uh, Scott McGowan. Uh, there was um, Mark Hughes, CEO of British Telecom Security. He was the keynote speaker. So there's a lot of different people there, and then and then members of the CSAIL lab and other uh, people in the research community. And it was really interesting. So I, I asked some different people about machine learning and AI and and what's going on with it and you know why don't we hear more about like the success of machine learning and ai with cybersecurity i mean we hear it's a little bit from the vendors we hear a lot of hype from the vendors but like why don't we see more sort of uh, i guess success wins why don't why aren't we hearing more about this uh and I mean, I have my theory about that, but they said, well, it's not, you know, we're getting there. The technology, the, there's potential there, the, but we're just, we're not there yet. And in fact, Mark Hughes, and I'm going to write this up in, a, in, in an interview uh, Q&A during our talk, had said that the technology is like Iron Man versus the Terminator. People think they're getting something that they can just switch on. And, like the Terminator, and it's just going to be autonomous. It's going to do what you program it to do, and you don't have to supervise it. And it's, and they said no. It's, it's more like he said. It's more like Iron Man. You're giving somebody better tools that make them more effective, and you, you can give AI and machine learning to 
analysts and they can do their job better but it's not something that we're not at the point where we can just spin it up and it's going to do it's going to stop all these threats so i don't know what's your impression of that i mean i thought that was i i I still i have some other thoughts but well that whole that whole uh mindset of people wanting a product that's gonna that they can turn on and have it solve all their problems that's that that reminded me of of back in the long ago day when computers were still running DOS. Yeah. Not not Windows, but DOS uh, 3.2 or whatever. And uh, people would, and I was doing tech support, and people would ask me, or I'd rather instruct me to set up their computers so that they just had to push a button. And I quote, like th- these are, this is a direct quote, I just want to be able to push a button and get my work done, end quote. Yeah. Um, and that's not realistic. It wasn't realistic back then. No. It's not realistic now. It probably won't be realistic in the future. But that whole concept of, of building tools, that's what's for real. That's that's how you get uh, real benefits when you have a, uh, a, a tool, like uh, whether it's a robot or a piece of software that can help you do what you want to do. But you still have to know what you, what you want to do, and you still have to know how to do it. Right, right. So... I think I think that whole the the Iron Man versus uh, Terminator analogy is great because it really does. It's like there's a person inside the Iron Man suit who's directing it. Right, and I just think you know in terms of this stuff being more effective at stopping threats, I'm I'm sure there's some truth to it, but we've heard so much. I mean, you've been to RSA the past three years. You know how much talk there's been. There's been so much talk about how this is going to revolutionize anti-malware, endpoint security, threat detection, everything. And I just feel like if it was as effective as we've been led to believe, we would hear about it. Like the vendors wouldn't be able to shut up about it. Like they would they would be screaming this from the rooftops. They'd be telling us all these about all these wins about how you know, none of our clients were affected by WannaCry or NotPetya. I mean, two of the most telegraphed attacks that you could possibly imagine uh, uh, in recent memory, just by virtue of the fact that, you know, Eternal Blue, um, you know, using Eternal Blue, like that was patched. Yeah. Microsoft patched it months earlier. US CERT put out a warning saying, you got to do something about this. Don't use SMBV1. Who should be who? Who needs to use SMBV one anyways? And and then and then like ransomware. I mean, I mean, come on. Like, it's not like this stuff was secret. I mean, WannaCry, uh, uh, like not Petya. There's a reason they called it not Petya because it was similar to the Petya. Yes. Yeah. Like, how is that not on your like on your list? <laughs> how are you not having <laughs> sirens going off about that? So anyway, I, I mean, yeah, I I I thought that was, you know, the the the. The this the hype, or I I guess the, I guess the the promise of machine learning and AI is still there, but it's like we just haven't quite seen it yet. And I and I was actually, you know, th- there were there was a great panel that really sort of got into the more technical stuff, um, at the event, and they, they really didn't dive into. Like a lot of the, the 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 talking points about machine learning and AI that you expect to come from the vendors in this panel, it was a uh, Howard Schrobe, uh, director of cybersecurity at CSAIL, 
there was two other researchers from uh, CCL. There was a research scientist from BT, um, British Telecom. There was another person, uh, representative from Draper Laboratory. So they're all talking about this stuff, but they were talking about things like post-quantum cryptography and things like that, and um, you know, uh, uh, quantum key distribution and and all the AI stuff was sort of theoretical, and I, I kind of appreciated that because, like you said, it's you know. And also remember, I mean, MIT is a is a is a university where they do like primary research, so they're looking. And I remember you, you mentioned Draper Lab. Draper Lab is is a, an en engineering research and development lab. So yep. where when you get in, this was explained to me long ago. But there's a there's a life cycle for ideas and for research. The, the original research is done at the universities, and as it starts to mature, it goes out to places like Draper, where they build it out, yep. and, they, and they try it out, and they do uh, you know, prototypes, or they, they get research grants from the government, from oh, the military, yeah. and then they build the thing out. But we're talking about uh, stuff that's maybe five to seven years or more out in the future when we're talking to people from MIT or, or Draper. Or uh, BT researchers probably are a little bit closer in, but yeah. but still, there's that life cycle, and and they're looking at things that they're doing research into and trying to find uh, what are the practical, what are the things that can be applied, and what are the pr practical applications. So, um, you know, so that that's that's all interesting uh, that they're that they are looking at that, but I I suspect that a lot, you know, because. AI started out, if I, I want to say, in the 50s with um, John something. Possibly. Oh, yeah. Uh, it well, 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 it'll come to us. Yeah, but, but I mean, a, a lot of, a lot of original, a lot of stuff has happened at MIT around AI and machine learning for many, many years, and we're still, we're still looking for practical applications of it. So, so that's, that's interesting. It's promising that they're, that they're still you know, cranking away at it. Um, you mentioned the hype machines at, at RSAs. When, when we go and we hear all these talks about uh, machine learning and AI, um, my question was, did anybody mention blockchain in relation to AI and machine oh, learning? Oh, I'm glad you brought that Speaking up here. They trashed it. They did. <laughs> okay. It's actually kind of funny. <laughs> okay. Somebody asked... Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the gentleman's name. I think it was. God, I I can't think of it. I, I if it comes to me, I'll 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 definitely say it. But they asked the panel. I think the one that um, Howard Schrobe was was uh, moderating. You know, they they said, "What what do you guys think of of, of blockchain?" And they all kind of sort of, in their own way, not not dismissed it as like, "Oh, it's trash." But they basically said, you know, in terms of it's. <laughs> Raising pro like raising attention and awareness around security, but it's not. You know, <laughs> you're, you're talking about distributed ledgers. I mean, it's not. It, this isn't like revolutionary tech here. So, um, but there was a lot of discussions at the event, sort of independent of the the new tech like quantum uh, quantum computing and uh, you know post quantum cryptography and all this sort of forward looking stuff. And uh, Shrobe actually said. At one point during his introduction, he said, um, "He said the 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 U.S. approach to cybersecurity. He specified U.S. 
He said it's to layer security on uniform but vulnerable architectures. He says this is not a winning strategy. It's you're just treading water, and you know you tread water enough, you're you're still gonna, you know, you you'll survive for a while, but you're eventually gonna drown. And I I hadn't really thought of it that way. I mean, he basically was saying that we're using all this stuff that we know to be insecure. We're using all of this open source stuff. We're using. And, and it's just like we have this idea that we're going to bolt on security and it's not the best approach. Now, this is where it gets interesting because so he said that and then David Clark, senior research scientist, uh, David Clark, a, a very well-known um, uh, 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 technology, I mean, the guy's widely known. Um, I, I, I could sit here and start reeling off things that um, – he's done and been involved with we'd be here forever uh but so he he's also involved with mit ccl he he went in the opposite direction he said uh you know i'm not sure that the approach of building things in for security from the very beginning is the right way to go Hmm. he said maybe it's better to just have um because everything is different every customer is different every user is different maybe it's better to build stuff with just you know bolt holes and everything like where they should be and then customize it with security afterward to make it fit the, the particular because otherwise you're you're building the security in, but it might not be the right security for each organization each end user each application so on and so forth i thought that was really interesting i don't know i i don't know where i come down on it now uh is, you know you're talking about two guys that are very intelligent and very experienced with this stuff, so um, I don't know. What do you think of that? Where would you, where would like, if you had to shade to one side or the other? Well, the idea of of rebuilding systems so that and rebuilding our approaches and our architectures to systems so that they don't allow uh, security failures. That's kind of an appealing idea, and that's an appealing concept. But we've got so much. Uh, so much infrastructure and so many systems out there already that are not conforming to those standards that, you know, those hypothetical standards anyway. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, David Clark is, I mean, I want to say that I first heard of him in relation to internet stuff. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. And protocols. I mean, yes. he, he's been he's been around for a, a really long time. Yeah. yeah. So that said, with all due respect to uh to his abilities and his and his and his accomplishments, there, the there's one thing that kind of stuck with me from my high school and college uh, science classes, and one and, and the thing that the idea was that uh, older scientists are often wrong because they were right once and they continue in 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 their in their successful way of thinking for as long as they continue in their mm-hmm. careers. So um, so that sort of truism was. Uh, uh, has been uh, demonstrated over time in physics, and you know, I, if I went and prepared, I could probably come up with a bunch of examples. But, but yeah, the, uh, the there's a there's a tendency for older scientists to 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 often be incorrect because mm-hmm. you know they've been around for a long time, and the, and and they're going to be incorrect on a lot of things just because they opine about a lot of different things over time. Um, I'm not sure that that patching leaky systems is going to be a long-term solution. Um, 
what I do wonder about is uh, if, if anybody talked about using AI or machine learning to uh, to automate some of the, you know, for example, uh, locating and mitigating OWASP top ten uh, vulnerabilities, um, where you've you've got these things that are not rocket science. They're not, you know, they're not. Yeah. It's just, you know, who who's still running SMB v1, for example? Yeah. That's, that's a thing that that would be that would mitigate a lot of problems if you could either remove it or hide it in a way that that will not expose it and not be capable of being exposed to, to uh, malicious actors. So uh, I, I think there's a kind of, you know, there, there, there's room for a lot of different approaches. And I think uh, that we have to we have to try them all out. Yeah. And give them a fair shake. I, I, I thought it was interesting. I mean, to answer your point about the um, you know, OWASP. I there. I don't remember which panel it was that that sort of brought that up. And you know, if you're going to do, it, it was a discussion like, well, you got to start somewhere. And if you're going to start somewhere, you know, pick something like OWASP. And, and but I I kind of feel like I I go the other way on that. I say, well, that's low hanging fruit. If you don't have the people on staff that can address those things off the top, then how is how in the world is is machine learning or or more effective technology that that offers some automation? How is that going to save you? Because if you don't have the people that know that this needs to be done, like you need to close that cross-site scripting hole, you need you know things like that. Like if you, then then n- algorithms are not going to save you long term. Like it just it's so I don't well, know. See, my thought about that is that if you have, if you've got an Iron Man cyber suit that you can, you know, that I, that lets somebody who's, uh, say, an entry level or a junior engineer put on this suit and then all of a sudden they can go around zapping SMB V1 implementations quickly and rapidly and effectively and, and comprehensively, then that's a, that's a, a really good yeah. application of, of AI, I would think. So, so if you can build those tools that enable uh, moderately, moderately experienced uh, staff to, to do the work over a period of time quickly and, and effectively and efficiently, then, then you're, that's a win as well. It may not be the, you know, the uh, ultimate overarching, overawing, shock and awe, no. complete domination over the cyber uh, criminals, but... It's going to give you. It's going to give you a big uh, leg up. Yeah. Uh, and I, I would say, in terms of, um, I, you know, where where I go on that sort of question, where I land in that debate between like baking it in and not baking it in, I guess I would maybe shade a little bit more toward. Um, you know, doing something in, like building something in in the beginning, and and he, I should note that that Clark wasn't opposed to that. One of the things he thought that he sort of looked at security through applications, said everything sort of should start with the applications, not everything, but m- most of this. And he said maybe we should redesign apps, sort of from the from the perspective of um, trust and trusting. Um, users and parties and and what's and just build everything from there hmm. 
um, because right now we don't have that. Like we don't. You anyone can use an application. Any even if it's password protected, it, that's not that's not trust. Like that's not and a, a sort of a, um, an established uh, a trustworthy connection. Um, so he he talked a lot about that about the need to sort of maybe rearchitect or redesign apps from that perspective. But in terms of like yeah the other stuff that a lot of people talk about when you know build security into apps or software, you know he he, he kind of wondered yeah is is that the right way to go and it, you know you're just going to be sort of uh, you're you're doing a one size fits all type approach. I thought it was interesting. So um, it w it was oh, overall the event was really good. It was just uh, it was a lot of strategy and different perspectives on security there was a lot of talk about for example about red teaming mm -hmm. and a lot of people were in favor of that um, talking about risk management so it was it was I mean there was tech like I, I mentioned the quantum key stuff and um, post quantum cryptography and it's, it's good and some machine learning and AI talk but it, I really got the sense that you know the the speakers and the organization itself were really focused on like Okay, let's let's take a step back. Let's look at these problems, and not try to spin up like a magical silver bullet. Let's look at how we're approaching this and where our our strategies and approaches may be faltering. So it was it was good. It was a good event. Um, yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, a, a lot to think about. Um, there are other questions that are unfortunately, you know, we don't want to go like an hour here. It's our first podcast back in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. So about. <laughs> we'll probably cut it there. But there'll be more coverage on this uh, in addition to this podcast. I look forward to it. So, yeah. I and you may have some additional thoughts. I, I might. Yeah. <laughs> well, Peter, thank you for sitting down with me to, to discuss some of these things from the CCL event. I appreciate oh, it. It's always uh, my pleasure. And thank you to the readers and listeners of Search Security. I am Rob Wright. And we will see you next time.